Listening Dog Media. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. And I am back. Taylor McQueen in the presenter chair, ready to steer you through our show. So this is my first appearance since the end of last season. You've had a mega, mega summer of all the World Cup podcasts, which I was, of course, listening to. I became an avid fan. And now I'm back here. I feel comfortable. Everything's back to normal. Although it's not quite back to normal, is it? Are you sure that you feel comfortable after coming up three flights of stairs, four flights of stairs, just to get to the new studio? Heavily pregnant, (laughs) due in just a few weeks' time, but I need the exercise. (laughs) You did ever so well, Hayley. I'm very impressed. Really proud of myself. Right. Those little voices that you heard, we'll be getting an introduction formally in just a second because we have alongside me. It's the woman who has, now listen to this fantastic intro here, jotted her notes down. Although sometimes you have to crack her Cody, but no, no, she will always triori her best. It's Wolves fan, Lindsay Hooper. Hello, I'm loving that. That was amazing. <laughs> Is that courtesy of lovely Abby, our producer? Yeah, sorry, that wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> She likes a few puns. She does. Love it. Love it. And we have a woman returning to the offside rule lair. We didn't put her off. Thank you for coming back. She'll hope not to ruffle any feathers or Mackie a meal of it. Makey a meal of it, Mackie. Uh, (laughs) Watch her wreck the mic. Watch her wreck the mic. Sykes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Woodburn. Believe it. It's commentator and Oxford fan Robin Going. Oh my word, Abby, I'm applauding. Yeah. I'm actually applauding the obscure Oxford United players. There She's done go. her research. And there's a lot of people that are just looking very vacant right now. Yeah, including like, you. What was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So we're going to start with you, Robin, because actually you've had a change in status since you were last on the podcast. Oh yes, I tick a different box now, but nothing really has changed. Uh, I got married three weeks ago. Yay! Um, obviously, yeah, but we've been together for 11 years. So, oh. I mean, it's not it's not a huge change, okay. but um, obviously it's been three weeks and I'm completely miserable now because I'm married, obviously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And weirdly enough, it would have been the same weekend that I was going to get married this summer. That's so, so weird. Isn't it? Yeah, the, the following day almost. So, but that's been put off. What I want to know is, did mm. you manage to leave the football theme behind? Because even oh. though we all love football, we've had this chat before mm. that we would never get married. Like I wouldn't get married at Molyneux. You wouldn't get married at Old Trafford. It's, no. it's not that that present in our life to be there on our wedding day the venue for the Kassam Stadium was touted by my father Bruce absolutely <laughs> not it's the worst stadium I think possibly in the EFL three sides but the football theme did carry on with our wedding cake which was the best bit I felt Ooh, uh, was my the cake mo- would be okay yeah my mother-in-law it was her creation it's me in an Oxford United kit taking a penalty against my husband Ian who is a goalkeeper cool it's also got our cats just on the pitch as oh, well oh so- I've got to incorporate my cat I've got a cat yes oh and I'll have a baby by then it's, I keep forgetting about that bit I don't know what I'm going to do with it when I'm having a fun time I'm sure there'll be enough people there to look after it won't there I mean you can't quite top that for us can you Lindsay what, oh what, no what I mean what has what has happened in my last three weeks you bought a um, house I bought a bungalow hence why I probably when as, as we come on to it later mm. we've got a topic which includes retired players and yes. it's because I'm planning for my own retirement yeah. <laughs> really, I bought a bungalow so it's fresh in my head <laughs> what's the new stairs of it of a shock for you today then <laughs> it was these four flights of stairs is the only way I'm going to be having any stair exercise from now oh. on so we've got a couple of cats and you've bought your bungalow yeah <laughs> hey offside rule this is 2047 <laughs> oh right in case you didn't already know, new for this season, we are now on Jack Radio on Friday nights from seven. So Jack's available online and now on digital radio. Let us crack on with the show. On today's programme, we are on Celeb Watch at the grounds and we're playing a little game that we've come up with called Retired or Not. We all know that Lindsay's retired to her bungalow, but see if you can work out what that's all about a little bit later on. All to come up on the Offside Rule. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. Now, the season started. We all got very excited this summer when there were new signings. But how have they worked out? Lower leagues, we've had a couple more games. Premier League, well, we've had a couple, haven't we? We've got cup games as well to try and assess some of these debuts. But what about the debut for a big-name manager, Frank Lampard. Well, he definitely had a a day to forget, didn't he, against Manchester United. What a shame. Um, So we're (laughs) heading into the history books to have a little bit of a look at some other debuts that weren't so brilliant. We thought we we put a positive slant on it. I actually like Frank. He's a good guy. So we're going to give Frank a little bit of hope. We're looking at some other debuts that might have gone terribly, but actually they redeemed themselves as the season went on, okay? Mm. Or maybe even not. Maybe it got worse, which might be where I delve into a bit of research. So, Robin, debuts, hit me with it. I think the top one, well, I did a little bit of research, but I did remember this. It's been in every single list of the worst debuts ever was Jonathan Woodgate. Yes. That's oh, the classic, yes. isn't Real it? Madrid, Real yeah. Madrid, huge move to Real Madrid. I think he'd already had some injury problems. And it took him a year, actually, to make his debut after he signed for them. Mm-hmm. He started against Athletic Bilbao. He scored a spectacular own goal. Beautiful finish. It was a diving <laughs> header that everyone would have been proud of. And then sent off for two bookable offences. Oh. So, I mean, you can't really get much worse than that, can you? The thing that I remember from that was Ica Casillas's face. Did you see his <laughs> facial expression as he looks at Jonathan Woodgate Who's as that guy? header goes by? You're like... Hello, welcome to Real Madrid, one of the best teams in the world. Wow. 
I think it did get it slightly better for him. I think he had a fairly injury-played career, didn't he? Mm. And he's not had mm. the best of starts as Middlesbrough manager. He's had a bit of a mm. bit of a t- tricky opening. But whenever I've heard him speak, he seems like a very grounded individual, and I really do think he's going to do well as Middlesbrough manager. Mm. He's definitely grounded. He'll be gutted though because Stuart Downing's actually his brother-in-law. And the club got rid of him just before he went in to take the role as manager. So he could have had one of his best mates, another little borough hero as well. It's my hometown too, so I like to follow the borough. I'd like to see players being given the chance as managers. There's a lot of them this season. So, right, come on, Lindsay. What have you got? Well, in most recent memory, I Mm. think I would go for Joe Hart when he left Manchester City and went to Torino. I mean, he'd had a pretty bad time of it leading up to leaving Manchester City. That was with England and City themselves Mm -hmm. when Guardiola came in but I mean his day didn't start very well when they, he had the team sheet and they, they read it out as John Hart so he, <laughs> oh, he's actually, they'd actually got his name wrong to start with um, he misjudged a cross this isn't a game in oh. Syria against Atalanta they scored from it and then he went the wrong way for a penalty which does happen for goalkeepers yeah. but mm-hmm. I think just to to confirm it it was a defeat then for, for his new team and I, I just thought well it doesn't feel like a great period of time for Joe Hart when you look back at that time. And we went on to speak to him when he when he went to West Ham for one of our Offside Rule exclusives. And he's such an honest guy. He talks yeah. about it really openly and says, well, you know, you're not always going to get get it going your way and it didn't it didn't in Torino on the first day no. I just don't think it's got much better for him really has it since leaving Manchester City he hasn't really covered himself in glory for a number of years unfortunately if we're trying to give Frank Lampard hope mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. apologies mm-hmm. I'd also like to say for everyone because I'm a bit of a Zlatan Ibrahimovic worshipper mm-hmm. but I think this brings him back down to earth it makes him more human and less godlike like he likes to think he is because if you're talking about debuts when he went to AC Milan for anyone who thinks super Zlatan so good we know he's an incredible player but if you go back to August 2010 when he went to AC Milan there was a match in Syria where he missed a penalty on his debut you wouldn't think that about Zlatan would you but he did take Zlat take Zlat okay well what a difference a few days can make actually or just a few days this week because you've got Pulisic as well a really poor debut I think you'd have to say so not only Frank Lampard struggling at Chelsea but a couple of individual players as well who just looked a little bit lost and I think for him you do start to worry and think oh gosh is is this is he going to be a mega flop is it going to be one of those and NBC drew record viewers as well because of his move from the United States so all eyes were on him however he then redeemed himself didn't he midweek in the in this Super Cup setting up the first goal playing with confidence and yeah he did he did have the ball on the back of the net but that was ruled offside was a fabulous strike yeah. though, wasn't it absolutely brilliant you've got to feel for him mm. but no he was absolutely sensational yeah. in the Super Cup but how contrasting in these so he's, yeah. he's obviously not let that first appearance competitively get to his head and he's cracked on and everything Everything's looking good. I think the only way we can make Frank Lampard feel better, though, if we're going to take it back to managers, because we've talked about a few players, mm-hmm. we need to talk about a manager that got it really bad on their debut. So, just for Frank, I dug out of the archives Graham Souness, which I'm, I imagine, Hayley, from, from your interest in Scottish mm-hmm. football, you'll have remembered this. So, he went to Rangers as a player manager, Correct. Uh, if you remember. Now, in the opening 15 minutes, it feels as well like lots of people have bad debuts against Hibernian. Look into that if you've got time on Is Google at right? some point. Yeah, a lot of people have bad debuts against Hibernian. Um, it came with this one as well. He was sent off straight red card in the opening 15 minutes for a tackle on George McCluskey. Then what followed, so you imagine you're the new player manager, a mass brawl, 
21 of 22 players were booked. What? And Rangers lost 2-1. So as an opening gambit as a manager, I would say that Frank Lampard, that was pretty good going, really. I mean, the, the scoreline wasn't great, but at least he didn't have any of his players booked and he didn't get a straight red card himself. Well, because you can now in the Premier League as a manager get a red. Oh, yes. Right. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to seeing Graham and reminding him of that the next time. I don't <laughs> yeah, think I'll dare even... Don't, yeah. Yeah, I won't Thanks. mention that. I just want to give a bit of a mention to uh, one particular player who's currently on loan uh, with Arsenal fans now begging Unai Emery to recall Eddie and Keita from his loan spell, of course. He scored for Leeds on his debut in, in the Carabao Cup against Salford City. So just want to put him out there because I thought we'd just focus on the positives of some players. But there's Another positive, because another name that we've spoken to in the Offside Rule exclusives was Jermaine Defoe last season. We have mm. to mention him because I talk about dream debuts. He had many of them, pretty much every team he represented. Yeah. He scored on the debut. So West Ham, Spurs twice, Portsmouth, uh, when he played for the England under-21s. So I definitely wanted to give him a mention and I can't ignore either. Sergio Aguero. Sorry, Hayley. I know you're having your Man United loving today, but when he made his debut for Man City against Swansea, scored two goals and set up another. That's pretty good going on your first appearance for a club. He's done all right since then, hasn't yeah. he? I've also got Ricky Lambert scoring with his first touch for England as oh, he came no, on. No, you're going to get me going. This is going to get me going. <laughs> it wasn't his first touch. I keep telling everybody this. It's gone down in history. It's like false history books. I was there alongside Kate he Balsay. He had one touch near the centre circle Ooh. where he, he passed the ball back and everyone says it was his first touch and we both talk about this all the time and say we saw him touch the ball before... I mean, I mean, it's a nicer story to say it was his first touch, but it's false history. Oh, it's a touch of exaggeration. Nothing wrong with that. Oh. Well, with those debuts off our back, we turn next to a game we like to call Retired or Not. Tights. Ladies and gents, you can't live without them. And you can't live with them. They form ladders with ease and cause you much anguish. If only there were some tights designed differently. Fear not. Heist exists and we're endorsing them here at the Offside Rule. Lindsay, you've been trying them out. What do you think? I love them and I still haven't had a ladder, so that's really good going. And I've worn them a few times now. They have not laddered. They're so comfortable and I like it because of the high waistband, which I know that you're enjoying Uh, with your bump. Yes, although it takes a giant pair of tights to get over at my bump. In fact, I can't even reach my ankles to put the tights on. Abby, our producer, actually wore some of the shapewear just last week. She looked fantastic. She wrote that line herself. No, she did look fantastic. So it's brilliant shapewear. How do they do it? Well, the team creating their product, Lab 12, are using technology normally only found in sportswear. So you can be confident that the clothing will move with your body, not against it. And there's more to come from Heist in 2020. Shop now at heist-studios.com for 15% off. Use code HEIST15, all capitals, at the checkout. That's heiststudios.com. And for 15% off, use the code, all capitals, HEIST15, HEIST Revolutionary Underwear. And I will be purchasing that aplenty. Hopefully, might even be sent some. Once the baby's here, I'll need all the help I can get. I've passed on that code as well. 15% worth it, isn't it? Absolutely. This is the Offside Rule with me, Hayley McQueen, joined in the studio by Robin Cowan and Lindsay Hooper. And we're talking retired or not. This was Lindsay's idea because uh, Hoops came to us saying there was a player who'd retired over the summer (laughs) that had gone completely under the radar, Okay, It went so under the radar... (laughs) 
It only dawned on her who it was just what? 48 hours later. I couldn't remember who it was. I remember (laughs) reading about it, hearing about it and thinking, wow, that's really passed me by. So much so that I I got concerned. (laughs) Yeah, I immediately (laughs) forgot. And then I got concerned about myself. I thought I bought a bungalow. I'm starting to lose my memory. What's going on? But it did come back to me. I think it's the longest time it's ever taken me to remember something. Who is it? Bruno at Brighton. Oh. Bruno. So he played his last match, uh, I think it was the home match against Manchester City at the end of last season. And maybe there was such a furore about Manchester City versus Liverpool and Mm. and all of that story that I think it really went a bit unnoticed. And for a player that had 234 appearances for Brighton, he'd been captain fantastic for them as well. I felt like he could have had a bit more of a send-off. I mean, you cover week in, week out, Robin. Did it pass you by? Completely, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. It was the final day sort of shenanigans that definitely overshadowed it. But how, was he 39, 40 as well? 30, when he, 38, I think. 38, 38 and yeah. he still looked in, in good shape. I mean, it, what a servant for Brighton. Absolutely incredible. Mm, I, and it did make me think about other players because then there were ones that were more prevalent in recent weeks. Um, I mean, you have to mention Wesley Schneider, anyone who mm. loves football, what a, what a player. And just that he'd won everything. Eredivisie, La Liga title, Syria, Champions League. He's won the Coppa Italia twice amongst many others and Turkish titles and everything going and you look at him and he gets such a an applause across social media from everybody you know what a player and rightly so but I did think well Bruno didn't get that and at Brighton he was he was brilliant and then other players everyone when I say this name everyone's going to remember the awful match that he had but he was a brilliant player I thought John Walters he retired so Peter Crouch retired so did John Walters and I felt again that we heard about Peter's career quite a lot but did we hear as much about John Walters I definitely don't think we did No, no 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 way. Here's one from, from me. Crawley Town's Danny Bullman, okay? Former Oxford United player. Yes. Now, he's older than me. He's older than me. This is old. This is old. <laughs> and I thought, well, he's got to have retired. He's in his 40s. No, he's still playing for Crawley. He's in unbelievable. He's, he's played in two games already. This It's not like he's just sitting on the bench. Uh, this he's is, a midfielder. You know, we yeah. have to have a good engine. With legs. Yes. <laughs> has, has he dropped down to more defensive midfield now? I don't no. think so. He's no. pretty much playing the same position he always did. And I, I read an interview with him and they said, oh, well, do you do anything special? Do you eat well? And he went, not really. <laughs> it's just naturally. Yeah, I had, a, I had a bit of a Google. I was like, you must do Pilates. There's some yoga stuff going on. He might have turned vegetarian, vegan. There's got to be something that he's doing to unlock this this youth that he still seems to have. A one man who isn't so youthful anymore, John O'Shea, that can't, I think that went a little bit unnoticed because mm. he ended his career at Sunderland. Sunderland were kind of, well, struggling to say the least at the time, but he had such success at Manchester United, of course. Had he have retired when he was at United, there would have been a bit more of a, yay, congratulations, you've had a great career. Look at all that you've won with Manchester United. He was never one of those players that stood out because it was a team full of stars when he played there. However, I just think, well done. Well done. Congratulations on your career. And another one just to mention as well. Now, he played for West Ham, Liverpool, Chelsea, When he was at Chelsea, he went on loan to Arsenal. He then went back to West Ham on loan, played for QPR, Yossi Benayoun. Benayoun, yeah. I was just thinking, who who is this? Yeah, Benayoun. And he was playing up until the end of end of last season. He went back to Israel. He played for Maccabi Tel Aviv, Beitar Jerusalem. That was the last club he played for. He made three appearances, obviously. 
a player that we all remember and know well, but kind of sort of just disappeared and now he has disappeared for good. He's the most capped player of all time for Israel, 102 caps, the joint second top scorer with 24 international goals. Just wanted to give him a little mention. I've got to give a Wolves player a mention as well, Michael Kitely. He oh. retired this summer, only about 33 as well, so oh. a lot younger to retire. I remember when I thought that Michael Kitely was the best player in the Wolves team and not taking anything away from him. If you look at the Wolves team now, wow, like the difference, because he, he was he was sensational. I think over 120 appearances for Wolves. He scored 24 goals in his time there. But the thing that I always remember, he nutmegged about three or four players when, when Wolves played Stoke. So he nutmegged Huth, Wilson, Etherington and Whelan in the wow. same match. And he scored the winner away at Forest, which was, which is a cracking goal so I wanted to mention him because he was one of my favourites once upon a time but it also makes me feel like the club now is in such a different place mm. yeah they've certainly moved on from Michael Kitely haven't yeah. they <laughs> you said that 33 is young Karen Carney 31 oh, yeah. yeah I was absolutely shocked because she still looks in very good mm. shape she's still brilliant although she said herself that she can't really handle the recovery and she when she thought of having another season that she she couldn't mentally and physically but I thought 31 she still got it when we were in France and that announcement came out I thought she was going to be announcing that she was retiring from international yeah, football same, that's what shocked here. me the most I think yeah. Emma Hayes was desperate for her to play at least one more season she, she was yeah she was yeah. trying to convince her up until the end I wonder if she'll end up just playing for fun she could play on my team if she yeah. wants. We'll I mean, have if, we, if we have a, <laughs> a friendly competition, a five-a-side or something. With your contacts, oh. we, we could get a really good team, can we? We don't have to play. We'll just manage. We'll put an offside rule team forward, but we'll just manage, yeah. shall we, Robin, from yeah. the sidelines? Yeah. We'll do it midweek so we can grab Alex Scott as well. <laughs> of course. Give us extra while headlines. Not, yeah, while, while she's not dancing. Yeah. yeah. Just dance into our little team. <laughs> there we go. Any more for us, Robin? I was just going to make the point that actually in the women's game, it seems to be that they just don't make a, an official announcement. I know my colleague and friend, Sue Smith, hasn't actually made an official announcement, but she hasn't actually played for about three or four years. But I think she's still in her head anyway, hoping that she'll get the call from Phil Neville at some point. She's obviously doing amazing work now in the media. But um, Do you think there's a little bit of that, though, that you just don't want to say it? I think so. Say, oh, yeah. I've retired. And also, I think a lot of these players wouldn't like the fanfare, which I think mm. Phil Neville says, he, he said before, hasn't he, that we want to celebrate these players. Mm. They want to give them a big, a, you know, make mm. a big deal out of them. Well, rightly so. But actually, I think a lot of these women's players, they're not used to it, are they? So maybe they just don't want to make a big announcement mm. and be made a fuss of. Well, Claire Rafferty retired as well. Mm -hmm. um, so another big name when it comes to Lionesses and has moved into football in a in a more business role at Chelsea. Um, so that's exciting to see that players have got different pathways. It's not all about coming into the media or going into coaching. Mm -hmm. There seems to be other career routes that they can take. But you are right. There doesn't ever seem to be a, a, an official announcement very often in women's football. Not often. About Laura it. Bassett announced over the summer. Herself. Herself, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, she'd had a baby, but you don't you don't assume that, do you? Because you know the likes of Katie, Katie Chapman, Chapman came back yeah. after having a lot of kids, so you can't make that assumption. But obviously, Laura Bassett feels that that her time is up. So yeah, it, it's quite it's quite unusual. But I hope she gets made a fuss of. Mm. Laura Bassett, absolute legend. Yeah, right. Retirement gone and done. Next, we're going celeb spotting. Adrian, <laughs> it's Caroline. Uh, just check in that you're okay and coming back on Wednesday to the podcast this season. Yeah, hey Caroline. Yeah, I'm just getting my stats in line, brushing the dust off 
the Match Report book. See you Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Good, good, good. Sam, Sam, it's Caroline here. Hope you're well. I haven't been scared off from last season yet, have you? Well, more to do this season on the Championship, on League One, on League Two. It's on a Wednesday this year. Hi, Caroline. Yep, all good. Getting my scouting reports ready as I text. I've got a chic new wardrobe sorted, ready to work in Soho. And I'll see you Wednesday. I am going to miss talking about Johnny McGinn, though. I'll tell you that much. Joe, are you there? Joe? Joe, it seems to be a problem with your, your line. You're right. It's OK. I'm sure Bolton will be all right. They'll have a good crack at, at League Two. I mean, League One and get some players into. That was a deliberate mistake. I'll work it out. It'll all be okay in the end. Yeah, I know it's tough being a football fan. Let me tell you about Chelmsford Are you still there, Joe? That's the band then back together again. Just have to wait for the season to start. That's the Totally Football League show, just like it was last year, but now on a Wednesday. Sun shining, it's August. There are always more shots in the crowd looking at who's in the director's box. And there are always some quite starry names that turn up to some of the bigger games. But what about some of the bigger names that are turning up to the uh, smaller teams? Like Will Ferrell at Pompey. And I didn't know this until I saw a colleague of mine put a picture of himself up with Will Ferrell on his Facebook page. And I'm thinking... What's happening here? Are you filming something? Have you just, but is this, is this like a, you know, when you could do like a time hop and you go back? He's obviously met him in the past. No, he was, he was there watching Pompey. So he's friends with one of the owners, isn't he, right. Will Farrell? I think that's, that's the connection. Right. I think the owner used to be a part of Disney. So they're all sort of Hollywood stars. And, oh. but I mean, I was so jealous when I, when I saw, I love Will Farrell. I'd love to meet him. <laughs> Apparently, when, you know, so there's that picture of him in the dressing room yeah. after the game. They all got to meet him. I was like, oh, that yeah. looks absolutely brilliant and shout out to whoever did the highlights on quest did you see that no they did the roundup of the game and there was about 14 references to will ferrell's films it was absolutely genius that was danny jameson who i work with he he did the script for that i think and did all those references yeah very good amazing job oh that is cool okay what about at spurs susan sarandon but I love her. She just doesn't age, does she? No. She's like my goal in life of how to age eloquently. Uh, no, not age elegantly is what I wanted to say. Not eloquently. Oh, mm. I've got Helen Mirren, who I met oh. once doing a Duke of Edinburgh day. And I was, too, I was too scared to ask for a picture with her. And then I went to the official photographer and was like, because you're taking lots of photos, can you just ask to have one of us two together so it doesn't look like I'm taking a picture? And I thought, <laughs> she's not the type you'd ask for a selfie, is it? No. But um, I could see her at the football with a pie and oh, peas. Oh, yeah. A bit uh, gravy. Yeah, a vegan one, maybe. Forest Green. But yeah. Oh, yeah, she was... Yeah. Forest Green Rovers would be her team. That would be very it? much up her street. Anyone else? Have you have you seen celebrities when you're out and about? Well, football? I have. In a job, actually, I was asked to go and do that job, which is the reporter job at a TV channel where you're going to speak to the celeb fans that are there for that match. So I was at Anfield. I used to work for LFC TV, Liverpool. And... I got so excited because Kim Cattrall, big Sex and the City fan, she's a huge yes. Liverpool fan. And they said, can you go and potentially interview her? This got downgraded as my afternoon went on that I ended up interviewing Dave Gorman. <laughs> anyway, I, I really upset him. I didn't mean to because I revealed to him and I must have had some disappointment in my eyes as well because I said, well, I was meant to be interviewing Kim Cattrall today, uh, but I'm interviewing you, Dave. You said that to Yeah, me. I did. <laughs> and I really regretted it. 
I, I felt really bad because I was thrilled to meet him. He's such a lovely guy. And I've actually read a lot of his books. So it was quite a nice tick off my list for that one as well. But I think it's just that I'd got in my head, Kim Cattrall. You couldn't hide your disappointment. <laughs> From Kim never, to never Dave tell Gorman. them. Never tell them who you you thought you were going to interview. Never do that. If you're starting out in the media world, do not do what I just did there. I was at the playoff final, the championship playoff final. Obviously, Prince William was there. Oh. A huge Aston Villa fan. I'm not yeah. entirely sure how, why, um, but they kept cutting to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. especially when Aston Villa went through. Tom Hanks as well. Is Tom a Hanks fan, as well. I was a bit disappointed with Prince William's reaction. I wanted a bit more. Wanted a bit of the, you know, to rip the shirt off round the head, you know, to reveal maybe an Aston Villa tattoo. Or that would something. have been Harry style, yeah. though, wouldn't it? You know? True. Yeah. But this True. is what I mean. That's when it just feels like a, not a real fan. It's just celeb no. fan touch. Because mm. if you want a real celebrity fan at Wolves, Tito Jackson. Proper yeah. fan. Yeah, <laughs> Pro- no, proper fan. Wears the Wolves tracksuit, walks around the local area in it, is buying a property in Wolverhampton. I mean, why, why he would want to, I mean, I don't want to say <laughs> too much because I love where I come from, but why he wants to get a, a property and, and maybe come to more, ma- probably to come to more matches, I guess, because he's a real fan. But apparently it was the first proper soccer match that he watched and he fell for Wolves. But he wears a Wolves tracksuit. That is the way to I do it. I love that, that he's been in the club shop picking out his tracksuit. <laughs> Do you think they sent him one for free? No, actually, I can see him going in, mm. buying it, sizing it up, making sure he gets it right. Absolutely. Goodness me. <laughs> well, being a Manchester United fan, there's, there's, a, there's a list of famous United fans, but I'm not going to bore you with that. I'll tell you about a little bit of a story, which I have mentioned on this podcast, but a very, very long time ago when we were starting out because it was one of the best days of my life. I'd gone to Wembley and was hosting in Club Wembley and I'd taken my friend Bianca Westwood with me, who of course works for Soccer Saturday, works with me at Sky. And we'd gone with a little group of girlfriends. We'd gone to the cup final and Charlton had just been promoted. They were about to play their last game of the season, I think. This does all link in. We'd looked over at one of the other tables quite near us and I was like, I'm sure that's Stifler's mom. I got some scotch. Single malt. Aged 18 years. The way I like it. <gasps> yeah, from American Pie. And then I looked and I was like, that's Eugene Levy. You know, the, the big brows, the dad. Yes, yes. legend. Yep, Eddie K. Thomas. They were all there at the, uh, at the game. They'd been invited and they were all coming over to film. I think it was American Pie, the reunion. So... We got chatting. Bianca is very like, I'm going over. I'm saying hello. So we were mingling around after the game and they all stayed back for a little while. We got chatting with them to the point that they were enjoying our company. I'd obviously been hosting, so they must have thought I might have been slightly important, not realising I'm absolutely not. So they invited us back to the to the hotel. Sounds a bit dodgy, no, but it wasn't. <laughs> where they were, they were having a big meal and they said, we'll just come back. There's a few people who haven't come to the game and they've eaten already. We've got a big table booked. We're staying, I think it was the Corinthian a really fancy hotel. So I was like, yes, I'm there. And I literally sat next to Stifler's mom all night and we had a really good chat. We all went out afterwards and had a few drinks. And another guy that was there, you might remember him if you're of our age group, Sean Maguire. Yes. Do you remember Sean Maguire? Yes. Grange, Grange Hill. Hill he yeah. And so he's quite big in America. So he's good friends with uh, Eddie K. Thomas and Jennifer Coolidge. And he was over here filming 
I don't know what it was for. I think he was doing a play, actually, then filming and going back to the States. And he was saying how he was a massive football fan. He would have loved to have gone to a game. And it was the last game of the season coming up. So Bianca was like, well, I know Chris Powell. I can get you tickets to go and see Charlton. So she did. She invited them. Half of them all came along. And not only that, they got to go into the dressing room with Chris Powell and gave a team talk. They'd already been promoted, so of course it was quite relaxed. It was the last game of the season at the Valley, so they could all kind of relax. But I was like, this is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, so I'm, that I'm hoping awesome. that Stifler's mom now and Eugene Levy and Sean <laughs> Maguire and half the cast of American Pie are Charlton fans, although they've not seen much success since that promotion. But big fans of Chris Powell and big fans of the soccer over here. <laughs> What was Jennifer Coolidge like? Oh, she was amazing. Well, she was like, oh, you know the voice. Oh, how? <laughs> this is amazing. That's like, she was just like Stifler's mom. And she had a phone case. And it, it looked like something that might have belonged to a, a five-year-old child. It had like Hello Kitty <laughs> on the back and was blinged up to the max. And I was like, wow. And she was very out there. She was really fun, really lovely. She was one of the ones that actually suggested we go back. It wasn't just all seedy. The lads like, hey, 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 let's bring the girls. And so we were more, we were more fascinated with her than anybody else, to oh, be fair. Be. Yeah. And she, um, she said, actually, she said, my dream job, she says, was to be a sports broadcaster. She's a <gasps> massive fan of sports. And her, she was, she's a huge fan of Erin Andrews, who, of course, is the main face of sports broadcasting out in the States, hosts Dancing with the Stars, I think, there as well. And she was like, she's my idol. And she was like, you must be like the Erin Andrews of the UK. <laughs> oh, yes. I was, that like, was, oh, <laughs> I was like, that would be Gabby Logan. But I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll just ride with this. Before we end the show, we always have time. For any other business, this is the part of the show where we bring in some of those smaller footballing stories that you might have missed. Robin, you spotted Ashley Barnes tucking into some less than healthy food at a restaurant. Yes, right? this is my favourite thing when I see a footballer tucking into rubbish food. So oh. after he scored a brace for Burnley on the opening day of the season, lovely goals. I think Ash I love Ashley Barnes because he's so unglamorous, isn't he? But he's mm. such a good striker. He was uh, photographed in Five Guys in his full training kit, obviously. <laughs> and I just thought it, it gives me hope because I love rubbish food. And I just think, you know what? If a professional athlete is allowed to do that, then maybe there's still hope for me. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, I, I, I knew that they ate pizza a lot, but I didn't know that. Would, would he have had a black mark against his name for doing that? I'm not sure. What do you think Sean Dyche would say? I, I mean, know. he eats worms, so... He eats worms. <laughs> Sean, did you hear no. this story? No. It was quite a while what? Ago. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a while ago. It came well. It was. It wasn't true, obviously. But oh. this was uh, in the press. Uh, I think last year, and he was asked about it, and he kind of joked that, um, yeah, that's why he's got the voice that he has. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. wish I'd have had Ashley Barnes in my fantasy football team. So my first week, I had Alison in goal and I had Decoray in midfield. He oh scored dear. an own goal. Oh, yeah. And then and then they asked me because obviously we've got the the fantasy football podcast as well for the Premier League that mm. Muddy Knees are now making. And the, and they were saying, do you want to come on the show? I was thinking, oh, I better leave it a couple of weeks. <laughs> not the time for me to be making my debut on that. Um, I wanted to mention Adama Traore uh, for Wolves because when they went to Armenia in the Europa League, I don't know whether this caught your attention, but he wasn't in the, in the squad and he wasn't travelling. And that's because he did a Lindsay from the World Cup in France. He turned up without his passport. Oh. So I'm looking for anyone who forgets their passport now. It's like an allegiance to myself. Um, but my favourite was Nuno afterwards, the Spirito Santo, said um, 
He didn't know it's impossible to travel with an ID card, but he'll join us next game. <laughs> oh, my word. Wow. I mean, that, that is pretty unforgivable, isn't it? You're in the Europa League. You know it's Norway trip. <laughs> They still run for Getting it. on a plane. Getting on a plane. You yeah. kind of need your passport. Yep. Yeah. It just made me laugh. Mm. Going back to that unhealthy food thing, that reminds me of a time that, and this was me, it's really bad, when I was in Miami ahead of the World Cup when England were over there playing um, Honduras and was it Ecuador. They had a couple of warm-up oh, games. Yeah. yeah. And I'd gone over there and was working and, and my best friend had flown out and we just spent a couple of cheeky nights in a really nice hotel, just two nights at the end of the trip just to like relax and wasn't working. And we'd gone out the night before. I think we got in about six o'clock in the morning. You know, when you go to a hotel and they pump everything full of oxygen like they do in Vegas and stuff. So we, we'd come home not knowing what time it was, starving, put our bikinis on, went down, had a bit of a swim, sat at the edge of the pool and I was sat kind of cross-legged, not really caring about what I looked like. I think I still had mascara dribbling down my face. <laughs> We'd ordered a glass of rosé each, which at like nine o'clock in the morning was probably not a good idea, but we're on holiday. And I had a massive bowl of chips with mayonnaise and tomato ketchup. So we were sat there and I just saw this handsome figure these two gents actually walking out of the side door. Now, there weren't many people down there at that time in the morning. The weather actually wasn't brilliant, but we were just kind of trying to sober up. And it was David Beckham and David Gardner. <laughs> and they were walking towards us. And we were the only two females, apart from a couple of kids and their parents, that were at the other end of a pool. And it was a small boutique hotel. And I'd already bumped into him in the hotel and kind of said hello. So he knew it was us. And I just sort of looked up. Just I didn't know what I was more ashamed of, sitting there in a bikini eating chips or the fact that it was a glass of rosé at <laughs> an ungodly time in the morning. I think you should be proud of all like, of those Hi. things. Yeah. We just sort of smiled and nodded and they sort of looked at each other and walked past. That's living. Yeah. That's living, yes, I'd say. They definitely made a comment. You do know that. Probably, yeah. There was a comment made, something like, that was a big night. <laughs> So at least, you know, we were out there just living, just living. These are some facts and figures that I have been reading, which is a real positive if you're an England football fan, OK? This weekend saw the highest percentage of England players to feature on the opening weekend of the start of a season since 2011. Now, the average for the entire campaign in 2011 was 38%. This opening weekend was 37.7%, which is magnificent. And of the 220 players who started for their clubs over the course of the opening round of fixtures, 83 qualified to play for England. So that is, yeah, over 37% could be considered for selection for the national team. And even Chelsea and Manchester United leading the way, in fact. That's because um, it's forced on Chelsea because they can bring anyone yeah, in. But, I, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. It's that a is positive. A good thing. It's absolutely. But of that 4-0 win for Manchester United not just the Man United Chelsea game the 4-0 United win uh, <laughs> nine players appearing at the start could qualify to play for England so there you go and That's actually really yeah, it's t uh, 33% named in the first teams of the Big six clubs, whatever the big six are, I think we can count. I think work that's that the out. point, isn't it? It's, they need to be playing for the big clubs because mm -hmm. I was at Sheffield. I was Sheffield United's game last weekend, and they're all all of them were British, but obviously a lot of them aren't really going to be considered for selection by Gareth Southgate. So it's the that Chelsea are sort of our hope, aren't they now? Mm. Thanks to this transfer ban. Yeah, absolutely. What are you doing this weekend, Linz? Where are you? Well, I'm at a wedding, so my oh. match. 
is Monday Night Football. Oh. Hayley McQueen and I oh. and other sides of the room separated briefly because it's Wolves Manchester United. Mm. So I will be game. there at Molyneux for that one. How about you, Robin? I am at Brighton West Ham. I'm really looking forward to that because they couldn't have had more different starts, could they? West Ham absolutely tonked by mm-hmm. Manchester City. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how much we can actually read into that. And obviously Brighton under Graham Potter, everyone has tipped them for relegation pretty much. And they were brilliant against Watford. Obviously not great for your fantasy team, Lindsay, because that's a core and goal. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that was just a, a good start mm-hmm. and uh, if they can carry it on. Yeah, I'm just on air on Sky Sports News on Sunday. Not going to games anymore. Not covering Scottish Leeds because it's far too far away to travel to. Scared of giving birth on my own in the Highlands. <laughs> um, Saturday, I'm going to a food festival and I'm eating for two. How you much can better? Have what you want. How much better could my Saturday go? There, there's a gin tent though, so I'm going to have to try and get myself away from the gin tent and just focus on the food. Yes. So I've got a great weekend lined up. Hope you both have fun time. Hopefully see you uh, next week as well. Back on the offside rule. Uh, please do hit the subscribe button on your various devices to make sure you get each episode as soon as it's launched. Uh, leave us a five-star review. It's the only option that we're giving you on Apple Podcasts and we will read out our favourites. Suki57 says, so many great football podcasts out there right now, but for me, this is one of if not the best spooky. So until next time, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. It's simply at Offside Rule Pod for both. And check out the website to offsiderulepodcast.com. And this week we've got an article on football grounds and the need for greater accessibility for all. So Robin, Lindsay, thank you very much indeed. Listeners, thank you. And we'll be back next week with more. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.